it was a great season to go undefeated, 22-0-1. To quote a colleague of mine, John Roy, if he could just bottle that feeling, we'd be millionaires. That was St. John's prep soccer coach Dave Kroll, and he's the guest on today's episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Welcome into another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined by St. John's Prep Soccer Coach Dave Kroll. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. A great season for, for your prep squad this year, state championship and Division One undefeated season. Just overall thoughts on, on what you guys were able to accomplish this year. Well, it's, it, would, it was a great season to go undefeated. 22-0-1 was our final record, ranked number fifth in the nation. Obviously a huge deal, great accomplishment for the kids. To quote a colleague of mine, John Roy, who used to be the lacrosse coach here, won a state championship a, a long time ago. If he could just bottle that feeling, we'd be millionaires. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, all the credit to the kids. They work so hard. One of the hardest working teams I've ever had. Obviously one of the most talented teams I've ever had. And the chemistry was just phenomenal. So, for example, during the tournament, we in five games, we started four different lineups. Wow. Which is pretty unusual. The kids who lost their spot in the lineup for a particular game, there were no complaints. I didn't hear a word from kids. So we had one goal in mind, and everybody knew that that was the goal. And we believed from the beginning of the season that it was possible. So, And then they did everything they needed to do. I mean, that, that speaks to the depth of the program, the fact that you can kind of plug different guys into a start and lineup, especially in, in pressure-packed situations like a state tourney game. What was the, the thinking there? Was it something as simple as you just felt you had that many kids on the team who could function in a starting role, or was it just different matchups against different teams? Or It was a combination of both. Throughout the season, we switched up the lineup quite a bit, too, to keep kids hungry and, like, just, you know, a lot of competition, a lot of talented players. So we would keep the competition among the kids. And if a kid didn't have a great practice or a great game, he knew he might not start the next game. So, but it's, yeah, the tournament, it was more about, we were looking at specific matchups, speed, size, or we'd watch film and there might be a certain kid on the other team we'd want to attack. And we, okay, who would be the best for that certain scenario? One game, we actually played a different formation. So we had to switch up the lineup a little bit for that one and. So a lot of reasons, but you're right. It speaks to the depth, the quality of players that we have. Right. That was evident even back in the day. You and I were just talking off air. I played it at Beverly High School, graduated in 2000. And I remember we used to scrimmage St. John's Prep every year in the preseason. And they would, you know, sometimes it'd be at their place. Sometimes it'd be at our place and they'd roll in. I mean, the amount of players that would come off the bus was incredible. I mean, just a lot, a lot more players than we had at, at Beverly on the sidelines. And it just... It spoke to just the the competitive nature of of making that varsity team at the prep and just how many talented players were there. And I think that's just been something that's been true about the program for for decades. Right, right. And at that point, if it was preseason, depending on how early it was, they might not even have made cuts yet. Right, right, right. Just the, the, yep. the sheer numbers, the sheer numbers of players trying out was was impressive. But but with that said, it had been a little bit since the prep has, has won a state championship. When was the last time? Was it 06? 06, correct. 06, so a fair amount of time had gone by. You, you were there for that state championship as well? Correct. Right. How did this year's team 
compare to that team? And did, did you see some things early on with this year's team that kind of made you think about that last state championship winning team? I did. And a lot of people are asking me that, but I can't compare the two teams. We're talking about different eras, styles, but, but as far as similarities, absolutely. But a really special player in Cal Rigby who played the number 10 for us, ended up being an all-state player. The 06 team, there was a kid named Ben Slingeland who ended up being an All-American and went on to captain Georgetown University, who was really a really special player. And we, Everything was built around him. I don't want to say everything because there were obviously some great, great players on that team. But when you have that kid in the middle who's going to run the show and you have some pieces to surround him with, which is exactly what we had. That So there was that reason. A great goalkeeper this year, Yanni Andrikopoulos, 16 shutouts six goals in 22 games. I mean, his statistics are crazy. And so we knew that we had him in the back, which allowed us to play with three in the back instead of the usual four, which is what most high school teams are playing. And plus we had to have the talented kids in the back to play with three, which allowed us to attack with seven basically all the time. So we were able to put other teams on their heels. And then our depth in the second half, we would just wear teams down. And it was similar in terms of the depth and the quality of players between the two teams, definitely. Do you have a feel for how many seniors on this year's team will, will probably play at the next level? Do you think it's going to be a few from this squad? Or Yeah, there'll definitely be a few. Yanni's definitely going to play at the level, next level. He's looking at the Babson, and I think that's going to be his choice at this point. Callum Rigby, the other kid I mentioned, actually his dad is from England, so he's going over to school in Scotland where they don't really have call. He's going to either St. Andrews or Edinburgh, he hasn't decided yet, but he'll be playing on the, whatever the club level team is over there. He's that good that, that he'll, he'll play over there. Alex Borklin, another one of our captains, three, three-year starter for us. He's going to, he hasn't decided yet where, so it's still early in terms of where they're deciding. Um, but yeah, there's a number, there's a few of them that'll play. Right, right. Now, obviously Massachusetts has a, a statewide tournament now, which didn't exist back in my, back in my day. It was... <laughs> We, you had the kind of the Eastern Mass champion. You, you didn't have to necessarily travel far for like a second round tournament, tournament game like you do now where you could play anybody from the state, which I think makes winning a state championship all the more impressive. The fact that it is a true statewide tournament. What, what's that experience been like for you guys? Well, well, it's always been a statewide tournament, but it was broken down by North, South. Sectionals, East, right, right. Central and West. Right. So, and the reason they've, they've changed the format, one of the big reasons is is that teams from the Central and West, one, they had to play one fewer game to get to the state championship game. And, and the quality of the teams out there, it's just not the same. So by the time you you got yourself through the North, teams beat the heck out of each other. Right. Then you're playing a great team, who, a team from the South that just went through the same thing. Then you're playing each other and Central and West are playing each other. And it's, it's just not the same. Right. It wasn't so, balanced. Right. Well, right. So now... I like the new format. Last year was the first format, excuse me, first time they used it. And why I like it is the final four last year were four schools that would have come out of the North. So they would have all beaten the heck out of each other throughout just, just to get to the EMAS final. But, you know, it all, all three of the four would have already been eliminated. So now this year it was different. We had, let's see, one from the Central two from the South and one from the North. So, and, and this year the format really played out because the top three seeds all made it to the, to the final four. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, I, I like the idea of playing, like we played in the, in the second round Milford as a team we would never 
have played, which made it fun. We didn't know much about them. They didn't know much about other than film. We don't know much about each other. And, and that was fun to play different teams instead of the same teams over and over again. I, I like I like the new format. Now, and you, you, you do play one less game. You play five instead of six. Sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your team didn't give up a goal in the state tournament, did it? Was it four shutouts? We gave up... We, we gave up one goal to Concord Carlisle. You did in the okay. quarterfinal. Okay, yeah. but nevertheless, impressive. Yeah, this and, one goal in five games. Right, yeah. and you, you touched upon your goalkeeper and your and your and your back line. Just how impressive were they in these in these games under under this type of pressure in, in the state tournament? Again, we only gave up seven goals all season through twenty three games, so we knew we had the talent back there. Yeah, but but we won three of the five games. We won by a goal. And then the final was 2-0. So, yeah, it was all about our defense. Defense, I know the cliche, but that's what wins championships. And, yeah, Will Miner is our center back, a two-year Catholic Conference All-Star. And he's just the anchor of the defense. And then we had Jeff Lopez, another senior, three-year varsity player. Ross O'Brien, who's a junior, will be back next year, thank, thankfully. And Ben Bailey, another senior who started a bunch of games last year. And yeah, they were just so solid. And again, if we, we, we played with three, but if we wanted to go to four in the back, we would just slide Ben in to, to the center back. And it was seamless to have that kind of depth and, and to have played that formation enough that they could slide right, right into it. So when we had late leads, that's what we usually did around 10, 10 minutes left in the game. And that would just lock things down. So, yeah, I can't say enough about, about the back. And also our, our midfield, too, works so hard defensively because when you play with three in the back, your wingers have defensive responsibilities, and those kids were always busting to get, to get back. So. Now, you played the state championship game in Lynn at Manning Field, which is super far from St. John's Prep, I'd imagine, right. and you're, you were playing Needham. But I imagine, was that crowd pretty pro St. John's Prep? Was it a good atmosphere for you guys? It was a great atmosphere to look across that field. They had told me that they sold 2,700 tickets for that game. Wow. And that if you've been there, it's a big stadium. That's why they have the state championship game there. And you couldn't get a seat. They had to open up the other section of stands. It was, it was great. And from what people, I'm, I was just focused on the game. I knew we had a great student section and a lot, a lot of fans there. But people were telling me it was mainly a pro, a pro prep crowd, which was great. New England's soccer journals, The Goal, will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerhead's New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Sirius Radio Comedy, and Jim Ruberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. 
Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to NESoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful. When you see that the championship game will be at Manning Field, does that I mean does that give you guys excitement knowing you don't have to travel all that far to to go to go and play that game? Yeah, yeah, and we've played. It's been a pre-pandemic since we had played there, but as a program, we've had a lot of success over there. And yeah, it's such an easy ride, and you know, it wasn't that far for Needham. They could be a lot sure a lot worse. Sure, but, yeah, but yeah, it also was easy for our students to get there. Um, which I know brought in more kids and more people. And it was a beautiful day, which didn't hurt either. And the game was at noon instead of seven at night or whatever. So yeah, it was just that the whole atmosphere, the whole thing, it was just so much fun. Now, did you guys take a, a bus a bus back to campus after the game? Was the team on the bus or or how did that? Oh yeah, work? yeah. What what was that well, bus what was that bus ride like? Well, it was great. The parents set up a tailgate afterwards, right in the parking lot. Win or lose, and as a guy with a, a flatbed who has a tree service, and he had a couple of grills set up and was cooking away. And it, it was just, a, like I said, a great atmosphere. And then we, so we probably hung around for about an hour and then we had got all, all got on the bus and I asked the kids all to take the bus home because it was going to be the last ride. And every kid came home on the bus and they were singing their songs and sang the alma mater, which was, which was great. Um, and yeah, then we, and unfortunately we get home, we get off the bus and it's kind of everybody Gets in the car and goes their own way. <laughs> right. But it's got to end at some point. And it couldn't end ended in a, a better way. That's right. Over the last, you, you've been there 22 years. Is that what you said at St. John's Prep? 20, yeah. Yeah. So 22, you, 21. Yes. Yeah. You've, seen, <laughs> you, you've seen more than two decades worth of teams come in. How is how has the program evolved in your estimation? Have you seen an increase in numbers throughout the years? Do you feel like soccer's rise in popularity is showing through in at, at the at the prep or what what kind of what's your perspective on that? Well I think it's showing through in, in, in high school soccer in general. The kids are so talented now, technically their their first touch, their shooting, their passing, because they a lot of them are playing club soccer from a young age. But I think it's even more than that. I think it's that they get to watch soccer on TV now at the highest level, whether it be MLS or Champions League or Stuff that just wasn't available to me. I don't know if it was to you in 2000. I don't think so. No, no. So so the level of the play just at, at the high school in general is phenomenal. Our numbers have kind of leveled out over the past few years, not that they're low. And I think it's more spe- specialization in sports now, which mm-hmm. I don't agree with. I think kids should be playing multiple sports. 
all the science and tells us that in terms of mental health and physical health. And so I try to encourage my kids to play more sports. And if they're athletes, they do certainly. So, but yeah, the level of play has just, I started coaching in the mid eighties at Linfield high and the, and the level of play between those teams and these kids and not to knock those kids from back then. Cause they were all good players, but it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, what, I mean, what it is, is we, we were just playing a different game in the late 90s oh, and 2000. Yeah. I mean, it was more kick it, kick and run, use your speed, and maybe don't beat people with technical ability, beat them with speed. Kick it by them and go get it while they're coming the opposite direction. And it was a lot of that, and it was a lot of just clearing the ball. And now the the manner in which the game is played is is just totally different. And I, you touched on it as well. I, I just don't think the club game wasn't nearly as evolved back in the late 90s and early 2000s as it is now. I mean, now every every kid's playing. Once they're serious, by the time they're 15 or 16, they're playing almost year-round. Right, right. Now, we have, we have a number of kids on our roster who don't play club because they're playing multiple yeah. sports, but, you know, they're just great athletes. Right. And we're always looking for a few of those guys. If you need a lockdown defender, or his tech, he, he needs to be technical to a certain level, but it's more about his athleticism, his speed, his strength. So... Where we, where we can use a kid in a certain situation to mark somebody from the other team out. And, and I know that a lot of other teams don't have that luxury. That we don't have that every year. It, it, it comes around. So, But you'll get a kick out of this. When I played at Beverly High in the mid-70s, our formation was a 3-3-4. <laughs> wow. I kid you not. Wow. <laughs> I played inner right. I was a forward who played Yeah, that doesn't right. exist anymore. Was, oh, no, man. that was my, literally, that was my position. Think about that. It's insane. Unreal. You would, you would be destroyed. I, no way. I mean, that's not even, yeah, that's not even. I mean, a thing, right? <laughs> that's unbelievable. Now, you guys played Beverly in this year's state tournament, right? We did in the first round. They you won you a, must know a lot of people affiliated with the Beverly program, being a, being well, a Beverly guy. Edgar De Leon, their coach, who's had a great deal of success over there. He was an assistant here with me for 10 years. So, yeah, we go back quite a ways. And he got a job teaching Beverly, so he got the soccer job there. And he's done a, done a great job over there. I know a number of the kids, some of their parents. My daughter just graduated from Beverly High last year, so she knows a lot of the kids. And so it was kind of bittersweet for me having the hometown. Yeah. Ties and all that. But sure. This is business. That's right. That's right. You got to do what you got to do. W was there a game during the regular season that you can pinpoint that that told you that you might be destined for something special here? Was there a victory you guys had that really proved something to you? Yeah. Again, we kind of felt it from the beginning, but certainly when we went when we went into Needham and we won at Needham four nil, the the belief even grew greater. That's what we ended up playing in the, in the state final. They were the number one seed and they were a really good team. And we just, I mean, when we went down there, a lot of things went right for us as a game passed through to win four nil, especially against a quality opponent. But we just played on a different level that day. And then it just kind of took off from there. And then when we had a rematch with St. John Shrewsbury at home later in the season, and we won that game one nil, that was another big step for us because they, they were again, a phenomenal team. That, that we beat the semifinal. So. Did, did you feel like that that win during the regular season over Needham that gave you any sort of psychological edge in that championship match? I mean, because when you when you beat a team four 0 that's that's an emphatic win. Yes, but but at the same time, especially with with high school athletes, it gets in the back. Yeah, we won four nothing. It's so if it had been an earlier round game, that would have concerned me, but at the state final, the kids were so locked in, there wasn't anything we talked about. 
there's a seed of doubt in their heads. They got spanked and, and they know it. We know it. And yeah, we knew that if we could score the first goal, that it was going to, it was going to make all the, and to get one like 15, 16 minutes in, something like that. We knew we were in pretty good shape. And then we got the second one in the second half and we knew they weren't scoring two. Well, well, it's always it's always great to see a Beverly guy win a championship. So I'm I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy to see that. I got to ask you, what's what's your go to pizza place in Beverly? It used to be Maria's, but Maria's closed. I know. So we, we haven't really we haven't found a replacement yet. We're little Italy, you don't, you don't do you guys ever get Little Italy downtown or no? Oh, that's the one with all the sugar. No sweet sauce. No. <laughs> that's why my kid my kids thought, love it. Yeah, my kids love it because of the sweet sauce. We thought they'd made a mistake. I'd never had a slice of pizza that was full of sugar before. <laughs> I think it's like, uh, I thought somebody told me one time, like grape jelly is the, the, the key ingredient or something, but I don't know. I don't know. My, I, father was, my father was with us and he was I don't know, in his eighties or something and he had diabetes. So we called and they're like, no, do not feed that to him. <laughs> yeah. It's a sweet sauce. It's, a, it's definitely an acquired taste. I happen to love it. What's your, uh, do you have a, a go-to in the North shore pizza place or no? Do you guys venture outside of Beverly? Yeah. Not big pizza people. Not though, big really. people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I like Sam and Joe's. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. It's a great. If you're a, a North Shore person, you're familiar with Sam and Joe's. Oh yeah, the atmosphere and yeah, been going there since I was a little kid. So. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a great one in Swampscott that does Detroit style pizza called uh, Volo. That's phenomenal. And sometimes I I live a fair fair. I live in West Peabody now, so I'm a little bit away from that. But we'll sometimes we'll make the the commute out there to try to get that one. That's a good one. But you know, uh, I'm, I'm an Irish guy, meat and potatoes. There you go. <laughs> well, Dave, I, I really appreciate you, you taking the time and, and, and visiting with us today. It was a great season for the prep. And, and like I said, great to see a Beverly guy win a state championship and, and congratulations to the prep program for winning. Thank you. Greatly appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Dave Kroll for joining the podcast. New England Soccer Journal's The Gold Podcast is produced by David Yaz and is a Siemens Media Production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.